And this, this, this right here, this is just me, okay? You know, this is a, a version of me that I'm, I've never got to introduce to you guys before. This is just me being me, genuine me for the first time. <laughs> and, I, I, and I got to a point where I thought that everything that I'd ever done here or otherwise, I thought it was all meaningless. Nothing I ever did has mattered to anyone. And, and I, was, I, I was wrong. I was wrong. Oh, little one, my little, little one. Come, come. Come with me. Your life is done. Forget the future. Forget the past. Life is over. Breathe your life. You got no idea who you're dealing with, do you? Ooh, but you will. <laughs> you will. Honorary Oos? Ain't you number two? Huh? Go ahead, bro. Step up to the plate, Oos. Yeet? All right, yeet. Yeet, yeet. Yeet, my dog. You know what? When you're right, you're right. Let me let me just handle this situation. Uh, Riddle, what is this? What do you, do you think you're funny or something? Yeet. Okay, let me <laughs> let me explain something to you. You don't say yeet. We say yeet, you understand? That's a bloodline thing. That's like a family thing. He can say it, 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 I can say it. I don't ever, ever, ever want to hear you say yeet again. Do you understand me? Yeet. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay! His mother named Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything <laughs> about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's flair! <laughs> Probably looked like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick! <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! Are impressionists. Uh, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like, like a, a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Good wrestling day. Yeet. 
It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's the Top of Wrestling Podcast. I am the Professor. Welcome you back to another fun episode. Got a lot of good shit we're going to be talking about this week, and I thank you all for joining us on iTunes, Spotify, Poppy, and Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Boy, am I excited because for the first time, I watched not just Dynamite this week. I actually dabbled in Raw and SmackDown. We've got a lot of things to cover. It's been a long time since we're covering both. I think we probably checked out about Retribution. I would say that was probably a good time to quit everything. But the biggest thing I can't wait to talk about is to hear ODM's take on Bray Wyatt with his closing of SmackDown. So we're going to get into all that, bring it to the table, Wrestler of the Week. We are going to be talking the Monday Night Wars with the newest jump from WCW to WWF. We even have a movie of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the man who is in first place in our draft yet again, where he belongs, ODM! Who owned the Chief? I'll tell you who owns the fucking Chief. Go Bills, hit the music! The Bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the Bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, uh, I still don't think Josh Allen has landed from that jump. And <laughs> hey, let's talk about the fact that he got 10 extra yards after he hurdled the guy. That's true. That's He kept it going. Um, one of my favorite uh, memes I've seen this morning was a graph, like a, a chart graph. And it says, fuck one around side. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Fuck around and find out. And it's just straight up into the diagonal. There. Oh, man, that was such a good one. I'm so glad you saw that. That's great. Oh, well, hey, man. And we got a bye week. So, yeah, if, what do we do if next you're week? You're not a Buffalo fan and you're listening to this show. You get a week off of not hearing the shout song. Yeah, Maybe. Fuck that. I say we play it anyway. Just as the hype song. Fuck it. Now we're going to play it 10 times next week. <laughs> you know who ain't fucking around? Triple H. Yeah. Dude. All right. So I, I, I'm i going to get into it in a couple of minutes here about what Raw was like and SmackDown and as well as AEW. But the Good Brothers returned to Raw. Um, But the coolest thing that I'm seeing, Carl Anderson, pretty much just him it's looking like right now. Um, I haven't seen anything about Luke Gallows, but at least Carl Anderson for sure is still going to be fulfilling New Japan Pro Wrestling dates. Now who is working a great forbidden door. And Carl Anderson is going to be at... He's he's your never open weight champion. He he took it from Tamatanga. Remember, I, I we just covered it mm-hmm. maybe about a month or two ago. And... He's going to be defending it against the, the cousin of Tamatanga, Hikaleo. 
and that's going to be at Battle Autumn coming up on November 5th. Same exact day as Crown Jewel. Found that interesting. Yeah. I don't think it's – it's more uh, more likely a coincidence than anything on dates, but – Sure. Uh, but I, I think they're also going to be doing Wrestle Kingdom. So if that's, if that's true it, if from what we've heard, I'm excited about that, man, because good for these guys. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, let's go back real quick to the Rumble. You had Mickey James with her Impact title uh, show up, yep. and, they, and they had that they openly referenced it. Now, to me, it's different because it's Impact. Okay, let's be honest. In the grand scheme of things, Impact is looked at below WWE and below New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okay. Yeah, I think this definitely has more to do with Triple H. I think it's obvious. I don't think there's anything to it but that it's Triple H. He said it before we're open for business. Now, they weren't because Vince was in charge. Now, he's in charge, so fuck yeah, they're open for business. What I want to see is I want, and now I didn't see them return, so I don't know if they did. I'd like to hear them openly reference New Japan, and I want to see that title. On WWE TV, I don't. I'm not saying Ooh. that it has to be, happen for me to fully appreciate this. I've always liked the good. I I never really cared for the Good Brothers, but I like them with AJ. So I'm happy to see that reunion, uh, and I like how they were interacting with Finn Balor. That was that was cool too. Uh, but again, I, I want to see how open for business they really are. Okay, I I do agree on the open for business thing. Um, the funniest thing is someone resurfaced an old tweet from Carl Anderson because Good Brothers were a part of Black Wednesday. They were a part of that huge let go. And we were like, yo, they were just in the main event of WrestleMania 36 technically with the the Boneyard match or whatever it was. Right. And they were, you know, just released right after. Carl Anderson. I will never, ever go back to that place. Yeah. Obviously, he likely meant under the wing of McMahon. Probably. You know? And as soon as that happened, it's funny because earlier last week, the day that we recorded, that day, after I get done, uh, I'm, you know, I finish dinner, and I notice there's a lot of Good Brothers tweets. People being like, there's interest, there's interest. WWE may be interested in them. I'm like, eh, whatever. God damn it, they show up on Raw a couple hours later with AJ. Hmm. The moment was really cool. Um, did you get to see it in any form? No, you know, oddly enough, I don't even remember where I heard it talked about. It might have been on Cornette's show. Uh, he talked about how he was, you know, face-to-face with Finn, and he kind of kneeled to him like he was the king because he's the originator of the Bullet Club. Uh, and then he's like, no, 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 I'm not talking about you, and then he called him out. So I, I kind of like that. I, you know, it's the... It was, it was great because he hugged Finn embracing, acting like he was going to be a part of Judgment Day. Right. And Finn had a huge smile on his face, but while still hugging him, the mic around his back, like while hugging him, he goes, but I wasn't talking about you as my family, and that's when Good Brothers came out. Dude, well played. It was an awesome moment. I popped. I was like, oh, shit. That one just got me. I was, as much as I was seeing the reports... Wasn't ready to see him a couple hours later. Yeah. Now, I, yeah, and I'm sorry. I, I'm just going to add this because I, I mean, I know I've said it. We've said it offline. We've said it on here. We said it before the show started today. It's 
it's a strange time. That fucking message to Nightwing. Remember when we started this? WWE was in the toilet. NXT was the best thing on TV, and AEW gave us hope. Now look where we are. I'm so glad. Dude, I screenshotted that, and I forgot to bring it up into the notes. I'm so glad you said that. That's exactly what you wrote, and I was like, holy shit. You're right. Full circle, Two, man. three years ago, we had so much hope with NXT because you had Undisputed Era, Riddle, Pete Dunne, everybody down there. You know what I mean? Like, it was just Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic. And we're going to get into that next week as our top topic with the mm-hmm. uh, ups, uh, the, the best and worst call-ups when it comes to NXT to the main roster. T-Boz, best ever. But, Jesus. <laughs> left Eye, that's right. That was by, I think Left Eye was Mia Yim. Anyway, um, I'm excited, though, that WWE is bringing something to the table because it is perfect timing. And I don't think that it's um, I'm just accepting WWE's shittiness because because AEW is doing so bad. It's actually because they're bringing something that is worth seeing, um, you know, real quick before we even start talking about WWE. uh. Two things happened on Impact Wrestling this past week. So they had their Bound for Glory match. Or, I'm sorry, their Bound for Glory pay-per-view this past, uh, like, a week ago. Somewhere in there, Frankie Kazarian won the X Division title. I'm not sure if he's working both for AEW and Impact, or if he's just completely done. Yeah, that's that's weird, because... Isn't he? Haven't seen him on TV in a minute. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Because he was like the elite killer for a while, wasn't he? For like five minutes. It may have been five and a half. Um, he decided he's invoking option C. If you're not familiar with what option C is, no, it's something I know that Austin. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, option C is something that Austin Aries. Created with Hulk Hogan in Impact, um, you know, storyline-wise. But that you can trade in your X Division title for a shot at the world title at Destination X. And that's what it's leading to. He decided he's going to go with Option C and face Josh Alexander for the world title. Because Kazarian was, you know, one of the original Impact wrestlers and never held the world title. So for him, that's what he's kind of looking to do. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but yeah, I, I'm sure Josh is probably going to go through him like he has everybody else. Probably. It would make sense. And I see you have other piece of news here. Go ahead, man. Are yeah, I just, you know, as a lot of things with this show, I just see something online I thought it's worth mentioning, especially since we're recount, recapping the uh, Monday Night Wars from 25 years ago. Uh, it is Mongo's birthday as of this recording, which is October 17th, 2022. Uh, as you all know, Mongo has ALS and uh, has still, uh, I, I think his involvement is starting to wean right now uh, in, the, in WCW. Obviously, we'll get there later, but uh, happy birthday to Mongo. You say ween. I don't know, man. I watched a lot of WWF back in my day. I wasn't really paying attention to Nitro. All I know is he may be a world champion next week. That's how this show's going. <laughs> Maybe two now, years from all now. All right. I, <laughs> I, I actually will touch base on Raw and SmackDown and actually a little bit of NXT. Um, nope, there's no NXT. Nothing was worth talking about with there. 
Um, look at this is the first time that I have DVR'd a Raw since April 2009. Why do I remember it? It was pretty much post WrestleMania 35. That's your women's triple threat, right? And mm-hmm. just right there, all of a sudden, they were like, well, let's tag up Becky and Seth versus Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin. I'm out. Peace. Yeah. Can't watch yep. it. And I'm pretty sure that's like the last time I really watched Raw. Everything was on clips at that point. The last live Raw for me was in 2015 because I said, if you are dumb enough to close WrestleMania 32 with Roman Reigns, getting booed out of the arena and willing to do it, trying to push him as a face and let him win the title from Triple H, then you guys do not give a fuck about what everybody thinks. And I stopped watching live there on the spot, and that was the exact time. I held, And I held my ground. But things have been looking pretty good, and I was like, all right, well, especially with Bray Wyatt's return last week with Extreme Rules, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to see what Raw and SmackDown have to deliver. Both pretty decent. First, let's play a game between you and I, man. Uh, Dominic Mysterio has the acting skills of... I'm going to say Helen Keller, at least, to begin with. Um, um, okay. I, too dark? Too much? Too soon? No, no, you're good. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have gone there. I mean, I give him at least a little more credit than that. He can actually speak, so... Uh, dude, <laughs> hit me. Hit me. Hit me, Dad. Hit me. Yeah. Come on, hit me. Hit me. That's what he did. And I swear to God, it was I was like, yo, did I accidentally hit the rewind button and it skipped back ten <laughs> seconds? And I'm or is he really just keep doing this shit? I don't it know. It was you. a horrible fucking segment. I don't know. You you're crazy. <laughs> I I don't know you. You're a liar. Is that what I, you were going? I, I was gonna say he has the he has the acting skills of a failed restaurant owner on kitchen nightmares. Okay. All right. That's way nicer than mine. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, we already talked about how AJ Styles brought back the Good Brothers. That was awesome. So, Bobby Lashley is supposed to defend his U.S. title against Seth Rollins. And no one expected this. Brock Lesnar returns. Again, you got me. I was like, I did not expect Lesnar showing up tonight. And just destroys Bobby Lashley with a couple of F5s um, and some suplexes. I don't know if if that's what they're leading to for Crown Jewel. Maybe they're going to have them fight. Because right now you only got Roman and Logan Paul. So maybe that's the match you're going to go with at Crown Jewel. Like maybe Survivor Series. But I'm surprised that he... And it's funny because... Right before that, Lashley was listing off everybody that he's beat over the last couple of years and threw Lesnar's name in there. And then all of a sudden, Lesnar appeared. Just shocked that Lesnar showed up because people thought that with Vince gone, Lesnar may not want to be around as much. But that's that rumor got debunked pretty quick. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we all remember him getting uh, apparently pissed. And the story was he walked out. Uh, and then came back. So, I don't know. I don't like this. I don't. It makes Lashley look like shit. Uh, I don't mind them fighting again. I'd like to see them fight again. I've said it before, a shoot-style match. I don't want to see it at Crown Jewel. And I don't like Rollins winning the title from Lashley. Uh, I don't like any of it. 
The only thing that I think works out of this is Rollins holding a title because he is that guy. Uh, and he can to- hold a title like that for a while until they find the right guy to put it on because uh, we know that they're pushing it now that Triple H is in charge. But uh, I just ultimately I didn't like this. It just it made Lashley look like shit. Well, speaking of shit, um, DX opened up <laughs> Raw with a bunch of cock references, you right, know, and then they pan over and you see the chickens, the rubber chickens, uh, and then they close Raw. Look, at least this time they didn't, like, put down other wrestlers like they did with the Revival and the Bullet Club and all those guys. Now, I'm okay with all of it. Uh, The common thing that everybody was talking about is that what Corey Graves said when they, and he goes, not here tonight, but the badass Billy Gunn, the New Age Outlaws, and you hear Corey Graves go, I hear he's working with office supplies now. <laughs> I told you. I told you they were going to openly reference it. It was good. Um, X-Pac did his shout-out to China. Dude, they just came out. All they did was the exact catchphrases. Each goddamn person. Make some noise from X-Pac. Uh, Road Dogs riff. Triple H. Who let's get ready a second. And, of course, you were not down with that from Shawn Michaels. And that's how they ended it. I was like... Meh. Meh. All right. Look at I'm okay with it. I think uh, Raw had ups and downs. Plenty of them. Sami Zayn was on Raw, and they opened up with Riddle coming at uh, Roman and the Bloodline. And it was kind of funny because Sami being like, you, you don't say yeet. Bloodline says yeet. And <laughs> yeet? You know, kind of like the "Don't call me bro." Okay, bro. <laughs> it was uh, it was good. I fucking love Sami Zayn, and now there's reports that it's gonna look like Zayn may be one of the next challengers for Roman Reigns. I was like, duh, I've been saying that, and I think that's gonna look great. I want him to dethrone him. I actually want Sami Zayn to win the title from him. <sighs> You're WWE. You are entertainment. He is entertaining as shit. Man, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. There was a point at the Royal Rumble about, uh, what year was it? The 40-man Royal Rumble where Alberto Del Rio won. Santino came back in and the crowd lit back up because he was the guy who was never eliminated and all of a sudden there was a chance for him. There was a part of me that was like, fucking do it. Do it. I want it. I want this. For some reason, I'll be happy. And then Del Rio won, and I was disappointed because it was a good heel move. But I want Sammy for this. I, that's just me personally. I'm okay with it. You don't have to be. But here's my major issue with the whole DX uh, thing. Anybody, go back and watch it. Road Dog could not get his hand out of his left pocket. He would take it out and, uh, at times, but then put it right back in. Like he could not stop playing pocket pool in front of this arena. Okay. It was really fucking weird. I was like, why is he putting his hand in his pocket? I'm like, is he going to like pull out some like sparkles or magic dust, like something stupid? I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? But he keeps grabbing or he keeps putting his hand right into his, his pocket for no reason. Maybe he just had a bad itch. I don't know, man. Crabs are setting in. Don't know. Um, Funny thing. SmackDown. They opened showing Bray Wyatt here tonight. And they showed a graphic. It said, up next. 
And then they went through and proceeded through like a like an hour and 45 minutes of SmackDown. And then they showed that graphic again. I go, I'm willing to bet they did not mean to show the up next one first. Probably not. Because I was like, ooh, great. And all of a sudden it had a match. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe after this match. Oh, oh, maybe after this match. Fuck me, I don't think it's until the end of the night. And we're going to get to that. Um, I, I've looked at the notes, so we are totally going to touch base on it in a couple of minutes. Um, they opened strong, though, because you see that there was a car accident. Nope, not Jeff Hardy this time. <laughs> this time was Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. Cross and Scarlett both a little bloodied up, and Drew beats the piss out of him, slamming him up against this truck and denting the shit out of it. I, I'm going to take a sideway conversation to this in a second, but first, um, it, he did you know, really good damage, and the whole thing is something we never touched base on last week is that Extreme Rules, the reason Cross got the upper hand was uh, Scarlet came in with some pepper spray right when he went to do his countdown, 3-2-1 for the brogue kick and sprayed him with pepper spray. Um, so I think he was he was pissed off and trying to get his revenge on them and he was about to slam cross's head in between the door and the car or the truck at this point and the officials were able to get him away it was a pretty solid opener i was like okay all right because you just went from a strap match to this what's the next match what are you guys doing because it's going pretty hard it's not like it's just gonna be a fucking singles match where i wanted to go with the side conversation to this is that's not an owned truck that's likely a rental do you just pay the fucking 14 dollar fee and be like yeah we're gonna beat the piss out of this thing <laughs> probably pretty similar if you drive a rented u-haul into a gas pump you dick <laughs> you dick you dickhead <laughs> wow now that's a callback <laughs> all right go ahead tell the story i'll let you riff go ahead that's a good one all right Professor was moving. Professor and Mrs. Professor were moving uh, to their house. They they just bought a home. Uh, they were in a. I don't know if it was an apartment. Was it like a split or something? Anyway, we'll see what it was. Yeah, apartment. it was like a half house. A it was fu- not a halfway was, house, but yeah. a split house. Yeah, <laughs> it was the middle of fucking summer. It was blazing hot. Load up this uh, box truck uh, rented from U-Haul. Uh, go, you know, unload, and uh, he had to head back to Greece where he rented it. That's a town where we live. Uh, and I was headed that way. My parents had a pool, so I was about to go swimming and cool off after that. <laughs> and we had to stop at you. We we stop at the gas station, and he's backing it up, and he backs it right up into the fucking like a post that's blocking the the gas pump, so you don't take out the gas pump, scrape the shit out of it, and he's like, "Huh, that's a good thing I got the insurance." <laughs> well, actually, okay, so pretty close. Um, I realized the pump was on the wrong side, and I thought I could do a quick Yui around the thing, and I hit that post. Ah, uh, okay. Because I was like, That's oh, I got to hit. And I, dude, first, I didn't realize how much, what is that? I, it's like fiber, fiberglass or whatever that ah, is yes, through this, yes. so like, that held it together. Um, and I remember, first, I remember telling you at a stoplight that I was pissed off at someone because we got side by side and I was pissed off with old John. Yeah. Not little John. And I was mad about something. So I was already kind of lit up about some things. I think maybe my, my head wasn't really there, but the funniest thing is that 
Yeah, I, I was I was like, oh my god, we just got this fucking house. How am I gonna fucking pay for this? You're like, did you get the insurance? I go, no, there's no fucking way I did. I'm not. I I likely did not, man. I go, this is gonna go on my insurance. Fuck. I get to the U-Haul and you're sitting in the parking lot, but I'm I'm getting to the place and they go, oh yeah, this happens all the time at that gas station. Hang on, because it, it was right next to them, which is even funnier. Um, they go, and you did pay the fourteen dollars. You are good. What I did? Oh, oh my God! I never click yes for insurance. Oh my gosh, hey, dude! What a fucked up day. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up, man. Good story. Good times. Yeah, had to throw that in there. Sorry. I uh, yeah, I know it, nothing to do with wrestling. Thanks for uh, joining the the ride there, everybody. Anyway, so um, SmackDown was pretty decent. What I loved was Sammy Uso. Play uh, had to face Kofi Kingston before he goes out. He's backstage with Solo and Jay, no Jimmy. Um, and his phone rings and it's Roman, and he's like, "Yeah, no, I know, I, I'm, yeah, no, I, he, 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 he was the one that cost me the match on Raw. You're right against Riddle. You're right." And he looks at Jay and he goes, "No, I'm looking at him right now." They're really playing hard with this, how they're making it like Jay is the issue. Right. And he goes, go ahead, put him on the phone. And he does that. And then Jay hands the phone back over to Sammy, and Sammy says something. And then he goes quiet for a second. He starts laughing really hard. He goes, no, you're right, he is. And he goes, what? What do you say? He goes, nothing, nothing. It's an inside joke. Anyway, uh, yeah, look at my 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 my, mo- my music's going to hit right now. I got to go out to face him. Yep, I know. He has to make sure I win tonight. It was fucking awesome, okay? I goddamn love it. And then Sammy has Kofi in a roll-up. Kofi reverses it, and Jay puts his arms up on the rope, swings his legs from the bottom, like from the floor onto the ring, and kicks him, reversing the roll-up. Sammy gets the roll-up and wins. Backstage, Sammy is taking full-blown credit. You didn't help me at all. And Solo's like, I didn't see it either. I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> I'm loving this. I don't know why they're doing it with Jay. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of a weird thing, but I'm sure it's going to break at some point that Sammy's the issue. Yep. Uh, the other thing was Ray came to Hunter. I, I My son. He, he can't act on Raw, and I just have to, I can't, I have to retire. Or no, he said, I, he's hurting me on Raw. That's what he said, not act. It was pretty close. Um, But I, I can't, I need to retire. Triple H, come on in this office. Well, because Cross got hurt in the beginning of the night, Ray now takes Cross's spot in the Fatal 4-Way for the next man to face Gunther. Gunther. And Ray wins. I can't wait to see him chop the living piss out of him and him like flip the fuck over. That's yeah. all I can't wait for. Yeah, it's gonna be but, one of those matches. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, there's no way he wins. Uh, but you remember how I said, "How do you push Dominic and Ray all the way to WrestleMania?" Mm. Well, now you just found your way. Now that'll be something big at like Royal Rumble. He'll eliminate him or something like that. It, right. It'll be something. Yeah, it makes sense. Now. Dynamite, Rampage, Jesus Christ. We got not one, but we got two. Turn, turn, turns. 
<sighs> Daniel Garcia not only faced off against Jericho and Guevara two weeks ago, beating the piss out of everybody. Now he's like, nope, 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 nope. I am JAS. Chalk me up with an equal amount of weeks being from one turn to the other as Luchasaurus. I'm now back in the Jericho Appreciation Society as he helps Jericho retain against Brian Danielson. I, I got nothing. Oh, wait, it gets better. FTR brings back a pinnacle member, and now he is face. Sean Spears. Yeah, who cares? From Toronto, got a good pop, but now he's the perfect 10. He's back to that again. Yeah, who cares? Thank you. Um, I'm not sure if anybody else caught this, but when Dax got on the mic, the first thing he said, I could have swore was fucking hell, but it was more like, fucking hell, like that. But I'm like, they didn't, they didn't mute that at all just want to throw that out there kind of i don't know what else could you have been saying like clucking hell <laughs> clucking bell there, there it, maybe that's what they were doing um smart mark now owns the rights to scissor me daddy ass so every time it gets said or merchandise is bought he gets paid and it was I don't know why, but I actually giggled when he goes, scissor me, Tony, to Tony Nese. <laughs> it was good and terrible. Yeah, yeah. You must be crazy. The Kingdom return, not return, I'm sorry, the Kingdom debuted on Rampage, taking out FTR, and the Kingdom is Matt Taven, Michael Bennett, and of course, Maria Kanellis. That's right, he's not Mike Kanellis. Some stupid shit that WWE thought was a funny fucking idea. But yeah, uh, the Kingdom showed up at the end of Rampage and looked to be trying to become two-time tag team champions because they actually took the titles from the Briscoes before FTR took them from them. So that would be, uh, I'm kind of looking forward to that, bringing some these guys in. They apparently finished up their contract with uh, Impact. Mm-hmm. Um Man, I, I know you have darts. Please tell me you watched Adam Page punch himself fucking silly on Wednesday night. I did not. Did he? he uh, you know, I obviously tried to avoid anything with uh, hangnail Adam Page. But uh, uh, did he Goldberg himself? Uh, no. Well, uh, I don't know. Um, okay. To... I actually had to, unfortunately, not unfortunately, I I fortunately listened to Cornette's take on this exact part because it came up and I was like, I'm kind of curious what he had to say because I had the same thought. So he starts talking about how everyone's gone. You know, the, he, he, his buddies, the young bucks, the elite, they're gone. And he goes, and the medicine isn't working. Whatever the fuck that meant. Um, Was he but, fucking Ahmed Johnson? I don't... <laughs> Let me tell you something, Vince. I don't take Ritalin anymore. Or wait, was it or Adderall? What Prozac. the fuck was it? Prozac. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um. But he starts going. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a man. And he keeps saying I'm a man. And all I could think was the shark, the Tenta thing, man. I like. I'm a man. I'm not a shark. I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> But then he starts punching his right eyebrow, and I mean fucking hard, to the point that one minute later, 
his right eyebrow is about out a full inch past the left one and even draws a little bit of blood. I don't know why he did it because then all of a sudden he calms down and was like, and next week I take the title from you. And I'm like, it was a weird psychotic fucking breakdown for no reason, punching himself, calling himself a man. I have to quote Cornette on this because this one made me laugh. I like out loud laughed when he goes, he's like, I'm a man. I'm a husband. I contribute to fucking charity. I don't know why, but that shit made me laugh so hard because that's what it sounded like. I'm like, it was just a horrible weird promo. But I guess if you like Adam Page and some butterfly fucking jeans, more power to you. Uh, yeah, no, it doesn't work. You're not a man. Um, and I, the only thing I can think of with him punching his head is, he was trying to show he's as tough as Moxley, and he was probably trying to bust himself open so he could bleed instead of fucking Moxley. It looked like he touched his... He had, like, a little bit of blood and tried to wipe it on Moxley's shirt, you know, like, make it something. But all it looked like to me is that he just really, really fucked his own head up. I'm like, all I want to know is that he can cost himself. That would be the best fucking thing ever. <laughs> he got two <toured. laughs> Um, look at man, we we got uh, Crown Jewel and Battle Autumn for New Japan are coming up on November fifth. I already mentioned about how Carl Anderson is defending the Never Openweight title. I was incorrect last week. I said it looked like Will Ospreay was going to be defending against Tetsuya Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. They're doing it at Battle Autumn on November fifth, and November nineteenth. That's right. We are less than a month away. We don't have one match set for full gear. Way to go, AEW. Let's bring some shit to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! I alluded to that we were going to, you know, touch on something in a couple of minutes. And ODM, take the floor. Yeah, so I didn't say much about Bray's return to SmackDown because I wanted to save it for here. Uh, I saw it. He, he cut a great promo. Uh, you know, you know, he talked to the fans, uh, and I think in as much of his own true voice as he could. Uh, and then they immediately cut to the screen where he was uh, wearing the mask from the black phone and doing his spooky shit. So not quite what I great was hoping movie, for. Great movie, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I have heard it's pretty good. So, I mean, I don't know, is he doing another dual personality thing, or was that just his his ability to get a chance to talk to the fans directly for a couple minutes, right? Which one was it? Because if it was him being genuine, can't say I really care for, you know, doing it at the same time that you're trying to do this, you know, I'll just call it the black phone gimmick for now. Um, so I'm interested to see where it goes from here. Is this going to be another dual personality thing like The Fiend and, and Bray Wyatt? I hope not. I hope it has you know a clear direction. I personally, again, I like him doing. I like his theatricality. Uh, I'd like to see less theatricality and just you know again, uh, you know Louisiana Swamp Bray, uh, something like that. It definitely sounds. I saw an article that uh, they're already planning to uh, to form another stable, and one of the things that I saw was one of them was going to be Colin Delaney. Oh, I didn't see his name. I did see Joe Gacy in a couple of different articles. Yeah, so I don't know, man. Uh, it's just it was weird. Uh, again, it, it, it seemed heartfelt, um, you know, but it was just weird for me. I'll, I'll reserve judgment until I see where it goes. I'm kind of the same. 
Um, one name that I did see that it, that was rumored, and I think she threw her own name into the mix, was she put up a picture. It was Eva Marie, and she oh, like, God. and people were like speculating that she would maybe be a part of it. And I was like, I'll fucking put a shotgun in my mouth. Not really, but that's figuratively. That's fucked up. Like, please don't use Eva Marie in any of this. That's like. Grab her, Lacey Evans, and the Bella Twins, and there you go. There's your Wyatt Six. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no shit. What was the other one that they teased for like 18 weeks? And she Emma? came out. She's like, Emmalina. Yeah. My name's not oh, Emmalina. Yeah, no, the, the My name's not Emmalina. Right. My name's Emma. And then she just walked off stage. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Emmalina. I'm a woman. So, look at. I actually liked the promo because it it was a. As soon as he started having the tears, I was like, okay, all right, all right. And then about 14, 15 seconds in, I go, oh, okay, this is work. I like it. Um, Chris Jericho actually put a tweet out about it, and he said, I don't believe Bray for one second, and I love it. Because that's what you need, right? Like, it's you don't know where this is about to go. And the guy that came on the air after saying, like, you know, you don't understand, but soon you will. And it goes off with the, the Wyatt logo with the new what looks like a, I don't know, like a half bee butterfly, I don't know, whatever the fuck it is, a wasp, a, I'm not going to name other insects, I'm just saying whatever it is. Yes, no, I understand, a moth, yeah, it looked like a moth, almost like a kind of Silence of the Lambs style. Moth makes sense, god damn, that's probably what it is. (laughs) All right, look it, I'm going to try and do this as quick as I can, all right? The professor has... An issue with the following people. <clears throat> Becky Lynch, Big E, Candice LeRae, Chad Gable, Charlotte Flair, Cody Rose, Cody Graves, Drew McIntyre, Corbin, The Usos, Kevin Owens, Mustafa Ali, Riddle, Roman Reigns, Ronda Rousey, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, Tommaso Ciampa, Xavier Woods, Alexa Bliss, Angelo Dawkins, Bailey, Bianca Belair, Dakota Kai, Gunther, Io Shirai, Madcap Moss, Mandy Rose, Montez Ford, Naomi, Otis, Pat McAfee, Raquel Gonzalez, Rick Boogs, Ricochet, Ridge Holland, Sasha Banks, Veer, Butch, Pete Dunn, Cameron Grimes, Cam, Cam, Carmelo Hayes, Dominic Mysterio, Andy Hartwell, Kaylee Ray, Liv Morgan, Mansoor, almost. Fucking, okay, I give up. I tried. I really tried. I thought I would get through everybody. I can't. That was only half of WWE. I was going to go into AEW. I can't do it anymore, man. That's way too much, and I can't do this to everybody who's listening right now. I have like 180 people here who are all younger than me and make way more fucking money than me. You all go fuck yourselves. (laughs) All right, man. Let's talk about the wrestler of the week. You know, a lot of people think history is just facts. It's just information about the past. I know a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could, but I was there. I wasn't here in a classroom, hoping I was right, thinking about it. Well, pussies like you! We're back here partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs, listening to the goddamn Beatle albums! Oh! Oh! Hey, hey, Professor, take it easy, will you? Call this motherfucker Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> Okay, hang it. All right, you know what? There is a guy who's younger than me, and I'm okay with him making more money than me, and that's this week's Wrestler of the Week. <laughs> it's Seamus. Look it, man. I don't know. I, I went on a rant the other day just thinking about all the people who make way more money than me and are dickheads, and that's kind of how I just went looking into it. And Maybe one day I'll release the rest of the names. <clears throat> Last week, 
I dipped my toes into working with a wrestler of the week, and we talked about Sami Zayn. And what I'm looking at is, again, not the, the most topical names that we always talk about, but if they are shining to me in recent, you know, events, definitely worth talking about, especially if they have a good longevity. And Sheamus, to me, has been a consistent person since he has started in WWE. Very consistent. Not one thing wrong with him. Doesn't hurt anybody. Uh, you don't ever hear a bad word about the guy. And I, I think that's kind of a cool thing, especially when that's all you hear about is everybody's shitty egos. Um, but Seamus, other ring names is that he went under in Dublin, Ireland, as well as in FCW was Seamus O'Shaughnessy. Uh, real name is Stephen Farley, 6'3", 250 pounds. He wrestled in a couple of different UK promotions before getting to WWE, including Irish Whip Wrestling, IWW. Here we go. He had tryouts in 2006 and 2007 with WWE. Both matches against Drew Galloway, which I thought was really cool. Both of them were trying to make it into WWE at the same time. Um, and he spent a good chunk of his time in FCW chasing gold with Ryback as his tag team title uh, or tag team partner looking to get titles. And they unfortunately never got that. But he did actually capture the world title once. You want to talk about a fast tracked career in June of 2009. He was in ECW feuding with Goldust and Shelton Benjamin. And by October, they already drafted him to Raw during one of their drafts that they had that lasted both Raw and SmackDown. In his first couple of weeks, he destroyed the piss out of Jamie Noble, giving him power bombs on the outside floor, and it forced Noble to, quote-unquote, retire. I think it was his time that he wanted to retire, and then he became a road agent for WWE. Um, but it was a great way to write him off TV, making Sheamus look real strong. A part of the... Survivor Series winning team with Miz and McIntyre in that year. And then the next night on Raw wins a breakthrough championship battle royal. And the winner, well, I'm sorry, everybody in the battle royal was someone who's never, ever held a world title. He wins that and goes on to TLC 2009 and defeats John Cena in a tables match for the WWE title. Tell me that's not one of the most fast-tracked wrestlers that WWE has actually pushed. It is, no doubt. And I absolutely love it. And what was great for me is the next night was the Slammies on Raw. And I'm going to bring that up in a a couple of minutes here. Um, And he held the title till losing it at Elimination Chamber, which he was pinned by Triple H, which set up them fighting at WrestleMania 26. He lost at Mania, but then he rev- he avenged the loss against Triple H at Extreme Rules. And that loss put Triple H off TV for 10 months. And he referred to it quite a bit. Won the title again uh, at one point, And then just less than a, or just over a year since debuting on the main roster, not only has he won the world title, twice he ends up winning the King of the Ring. Uh, in 2010, defeating John Morrison in the finals. Won the U.S. title from Daniel Bryan in March of 2011. They were supposed to have a great rematch that was set for WrestleMania 27. Bumped to the pre-show and made a lumberjack match. Not the first time we're going to hear about those two guys getting fucked. 
Move to SmackDown, turn face in taking on guys like Christian and Mark Henry. Wins the Royal Rumble in 2012. You know, the one that everyone was assuming Chris Jericho was going to win to go on and face CM Punk. Because that was the biggest rumor. They still made that match happen, but took the longest route possible rather than doing what everybody wanted in the most obvious. They let Sheamus win and gave it the nice Roman Reign boo at the end of the match. Even more to piss people off, remember the 18-second match with Sheamus and Daniel Bryan? That was Uh the first match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Dude. Okay, the only thing that came great out of it was that Daniel Bryan got pushed harder than ever. And then they end up having a great rematch at Extreme Rules 2012 in a two out of three falls match. They at least redeemed them because the fans were pretty pissed. And then, unfortunately, just spent a good chunk of uh, 2013, uh, 12 and 13, getting his ass kicked by the Shield, just like much of the roster did, and feuded with them at WrestleMania, losing with Randy Orton and Big Show in a very odd pairing. Uh, losing to the Shield right before the Shield did their final split. Now, he ends up winning the U.S. title a couple of times and actually manages to win the Money in the Bank contract. Another very abominable time, abominable time during his career, unfortunately, was the League of Nations. No fault of his own. <laughs> That's where he was yeah. paired up with Del Rio, Rusev, and... Oh, I can't even remember who the other person was. It was Wade Barrett. It was Barrett. It yeah. was horrible. The only thing that came out of that that was really, really good was you had the Survivor Series finals. Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose. Someone's going to win the WWE title because Seth had had to relinquish it after being injured. And after Roman wins it and people are not happy, Sheamus comes out, cashes in that contract. It's awesome. But then he lost it 22 days later. Ends up drafted to Raw and begins a great, feud with Cesaro. Oh, hell where yeah. Where Mick best of Foley. Yup, the best of seven. Mick Foley says, you guys, go at it. And it began at SummerSlam in 2016 and ended at the Clash of Champions 2016. Leading to them becoming <clears throat> a tag team and then tag team champions due to Mick Foley being like, I think you guys should just pair up. Man, that was an awesome storyline. Not sure if that was the original plan with the Best of Seven series. If it was, kudos to whoever wrote that entire script, the setup, the series, because it became it actually be, it gave me one of my favorite tag teams in the last yeah. ten years. Agreed, and it was organic. It was out of nowhere, but they obviously had a plan for it. So even though it came out of nowhere, it got your interest, pulled you in, and you were with it. My favorite part is scripted and you know cheesy as it was. There was that scene where they were at a bar and they still weren't really getting together well. It's kind of like the turning point in their friendship. And they had a bar fight and then they sat down and they drank together. I, I thought it was pretty yep. cool. It was awesome because I remember that people were like, well, how is this PG? They were like, can't believe they're doing this. I'm like, who gives a shit, man? This is awesome. <laughs> Enjoy it. Right. Now, during that time while they were a team, they won the tag titles for about uh, – they won the tag titles five times. Uh, four on Raw, one on SmackDown. Feuded with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. You remember that uh, SummerSlam match where Cesaro was just a touch <laughs> pissed off and grabbed the beach ball from the crowd? Yep, that was awesome. Yep, feuded with New Day, Hardys, Enzo and Cass, the Good Brothers, Braun and Nicholas, and the Usos. Yep. 
And then for some reason, they decided to split them up in the draft in 2019, and neither one of them benefited from it. No. Um, Sheamus stayed mid-card for the most part. Cesaro had a couple of decent matches where he uh, did have a match against Roman as well as winning against Cesaro at WrestleMania, but obviously we know where Claudio is now. But the most recent is that this man, Sheamus, is completely just reigniting his entire career with the brawling brutes. It's I, I think for him it's having some great matches with guys of his uh caliber, nationality, you know, Gunther, all these guys from the UK getting the chance to actually fight against them and teaming with some guys who are very young and getting to mentor them. I mean he's been here for Jesus, close to what, now fifteen years almost. Yeah. In, in a solid talent. And, you know, his championships speak for themselves. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, your 15-time champion like a Randy Orton. But, you know, he was a world champion in the IWW League, FCW, WWE title three times, and the world title one time, U.S. title three times, and again, five-time tag champions with Cesaro. King of the Ring, Royal Rumble, and Money in the Bank winner. I mean... And a, a four-time Slammy Award winner. Legit, anything that you could do in WWE, pretty much minus the Intercontinental title, he has done it. Which is kind of crazy that he's been going after Gunther uh, in the last couple of months here. So it's... I'm I'm absolutely happy to see where he's at because he really is a tremendous talent, a good hand, never disappoints you in the ring. A um, couple other tidbits and notes. TV was on USA's Royal Pains in a couple of movies. The WWE's version, the the main event that's on Netflix, Buddy Games, if you haven't seen that one, I think it was a straight-to-DVD movie, and a movie that we're going to be covering in just a little bit. My take, the professor's take, this is my favorite line from Seamus ever. Slammy's open. I didn't get to see TLC uh, 2009, but they open... Seamus defeating Cena. Holy shit. Yeah, the internet, I saw it already. But it was just really, I'm like, I can't believe someone beat Super Cena. And he's been here for two months. First thing he does after he wins Breakout Superstar of the Year. Breakout. Your breakout guy doesn't win your WWE title generally. First words out of Seamus' mouth. And this is what sold me right there. I go, okay, I'm a fan. He goes, do I have your attention now? Fuck yeah, you do. Like, because you, if you guys weren't paying attention to him, he just dethroned Vince's guy. He just dethroned Cena. Nobody was beating Cena at that point. You brought in Umaga, didn't get beat. You had Randy was getting beat every week. Michaels, no one could beat Cena for the title. He comes in and does it within two months. Fucking awesome. I love what they've done to him. My preferred match for a newbie to Sheamus is Extreme Rules 2012. Two out of three falls versus Daniel Bryan. That match, <clears throat> excuse me, does not disappoint by any means. Actually, probably my favorite Sheamus match of all time. He probably would have fit in pretty good in the Attitude Era against some of those other guys. He wasn't there, but let's take a trip back. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future! Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? We're going to become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! 
going to war, you're going to get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the battle lines have been drawn! Degeneration X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Have a nice day! We got you! week on Monday Nitro, Jeff Jarrett was declared everything but dead. Since I refused to accept Eric Bischoff's offer and re-sign with WCW, he did everything within his power to bury me. Being the coward that he is, he even hid behind his computer and announced to the whole world that he had pulled the offer off the table. Well, Eric, the only thing that you ever pulled from Jeff Jarrett was opportunity. Since I wasn't one of your boys, you put a lid on my potential. I was only going to go as far as you wanted me to. There was never, ever any ladder of success for me to climb. Jeff Jarrett. I was one of the youngest, most talented wrestlers that you had, Eric. But you let me drown in mediocrity just because my stroke wasn't strong enough. Look who you booked me with an ex-football player who can't even lock up. And his wife, she gives due meaning to the phrase dumb blind. <laughs> Dude, I love the sound clip that you chose for the intro to this. Can't wait to talk about it. It was, uh, it, I actually, it's funny because last week you yourself was like, and apparently Jeff Jarrett's gone from Nitro. All right. I didn't expect him to be on Raw that following week. That was kind of pretty uh, pretty quick because it was Mongo and Deborah, right, that pretty much let you know that they were gone or that he was yeah. gone. Yeah, Deborah just came out and said it. You put me with a football player. God, it was awesome. Oh, my God, that entire promo. Yeah, we'll get there. Go ahead. Let's break down the, the wars. I got to be honest here. Look it. I get what Nitro has. They're facing a go-home show for – Halloween Havoc. Nitro was a weak show to me this week. I don't know about you, man, but that's just personally to me. I think Raw was a great show. Nitro was. Raw had a lot of shit going on, and we might as well start with Raw. We'll start with the good stuff first. October 20th, 1997, we start our start off with Ahmed and Shamrock versus Kama and Rocky. Uh, we got both LOD and the rest of the nation at ringside. Uh, Rocky sucks chance right off the top. Fucking loving it. Said it a million times. He made them say that. That's why he's one of the greats. Uh, and people DX... started chanting Prozac for Ahmed, which was cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the one depressed guy up in the 300s. That's it was just story. me sitting at home watching it right now in <laughs> yeah. 2022. Prozac, Prozac. <laughs> <laughs> I hear on Prozac you can uh, throw somebody through a door. 
Look at I just uh, had so many other ideas and jokes that just came to my mind. Yeah, let's let's move stay past on the it. air. Let's move past. <laughs> it. <laughs> we get another uh, famous DX clip. It's uh, they're at the top of the ramp and they have their own signs. I'll list off the the signs that I saw. The famous one, which a fan actually had in the in the crowd. Uh, I'd rather be in China. Spank me, Vince. Pac was. So was Triple Uncle, H. <laughs> Uncle and Tom many other th- guys. Sorry, I Jesus. Sorry, that's yeah, that was in poor taste. It wouldn't be. Oh, I don't even care about that. I was just gonna say it wouldn't be the Wards recap if you didn't interrupt me. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Uncle Tom three sixteen. <laughs> that's, that's a little so rough. Fucked up. That's, that's yo. While Ahmed up. is in the ring, exactly. You cannot tell me that is not exactly. one of the more fucked up signs. Exactly. I, yeah. In ideas. Yeah. That, that's that's fucked up. That that one was real fucked up. Uh, who booked this crap? Buckwheat rules. <laughs> hey Vince, nice shoulder pads. <laughs> Which is a great nod to the '80s in his blazers. Um. Like David Byrne. The who booked this is God. That's I could use that sign at pretty much every show I go to. But instead, I write, "I left my RV for this." <laughs> that's a good one because you can use that in any situation, almost. Dude, I I lifted it for Orange Cassidy. <laughs> the best one was when one of the gun boys was scissoring the acclaim. <laughs> That's the best. That, that might be our best uh, episode logo ever, just because it was you. Like, you... Little like, John and myself, man, I was so happy. I remember looking at him going, I'm pretty sure that is going to be on there tonight, man. I went home, and I'm like, I got to watch that. And I go, yep, there I am. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there I am. Too bad you couldn't get, like, the, you do smell lines off of your pockets. That would have been even better, but... No smell of vision yet. Yo, actually, I got to take a quick uh, random turn since we're gonna, that's what we do in this. Yo, do you know that Dan Lambert has just about as many championship title replicas in collection that that boy does? Really? Yeah. Picture came out. He has like fucking four or five huge cases of it. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. They're both Now, vicious. okay, but he also runs a gym. So are they like titles that people that... He trained one that he has replicas of because that I could understand. Or is it just like he has like the old knows a guy named Jim? (laughs) 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 Let's go on. It's a shame you can't name the show, but um, bump, but um, bump. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the match. This is the first time we've seen the people's elbow. It doesn't get called out, doesn't even really get recognized, but he does it. He does the pause and he fucking drops the elbow. First time I've seen it since we've been doing this. Uh, so, another little cool thing. I breaks. liked it. It was subtle. And what yeah. I liked is that they didn't call it out. Like, right sometimes let things catch on. People are like, ooh, I like that little slow, uh, delayed elbow. Instead of running and hitting it, you decide to pause a little bit, do a real slow kick around. To me, like, it, it, I actually thought they were going to call it out right away. Oh, that's something he calls the people elbow. They always do it right away. They're like, uh, before the match, I got the scoop. He was told, he was telling me this is what he calls it. Right. I find it weird. Sometimes. It yeah, weird. no, absolutely. They time. did it with Marrow's finisher uh, last week, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. So, yep. 
So uh, we get Rude talking with Farouk at ringside. Farouk ends up using Rude's briefcase on Shamrock Nation, gets the win. Um, we go back to uh, DX on the ramp, and Shawn Michaels tries to moon the camera, gets covered by a sign. It's really funny to see DX and Nation at least sort of aligned right now, given what's to come in the future. Just saying. Uh, oh, yes. Okay, sorry. Sorry, took me a second. I yep, yep. Chicken How many nuggets. chicken nuggets did you eat on break? <laughs> I love that you just already <laughs> knew it. <laughs> Twelve. Yeah. yeah. Uh, eventually, Ahmed ends up running down the nation on the way to the back. LOD's uh, slowly following behind them. They end up getting jumped by the Godwins. So, uh, we get a tease from Vince saying a former WCW champion will be in the ring tonight. I I do like when they recognize the other places and, and not in a shitty way. Uh, so that uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, okay, but let's that. go now to 1997. You're like a former WCW champion. Shit. <laughs> yeah, <right>. Luger, Flair, <laughs> Giant. Like you have all these guys. <laughs> right. Even I, and here's the thing I knew, and I was still like, who the fuck is that? Because <laughs> I, I didn't even think it was him. But anyway. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I thought his appearance wasn't until 98. I didn't think he showed up until 98. That's crazy. Yeah, shit, he might be out by 98. But anyway, uh, Farouk and, and, the, and then, yeah, I know. Farouk and the Nation come back out and they start running down uh, Vince on commentary. Uh, Farouk calls out, Brett says, it's nothing but racism. My favorite line from Farouk, I don't see colors, I see in black and white. Aren't those colors? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just move on. Please move on. He tells Brett to get his pale ass out here. Nation's ready for a fight. (laughs) He said move on, man. (laughs) I know. Wait, hang on. Hang on. If he doesn't see color in black and white, how does he know he's pale? (laughs) Exactly. Well, shades, you know. Um,. I, I missed something. I don't think they ever showed it in the show. They're referencing basically uh, the nation's locker room was vandalized. There was a Canadian flag left there. They're blaming the heart. They're blaming it on racism. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. It's there. Just is not it? on the peacock. Uh, okay, maybe that's what it is then. Or I skipped Because over it, it looks like know. it's straight up. Uh, what's the word I want to look hate? White supremacist? Uh, like, yeah, yeah, like real hateful fucking shit, man. Like, like crossing the line, we shouldn't. This is Roddy Piper being half black. This is how close it went. Like, it's, oh, wow. it's we should probably not put this on the peacock. Okay, well that would it make was sense. there. I saw it, but I'm glad that you brought that up because I was like, oh man, I don't think this is gonna be on there. Some, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's also been a lot of things. I'm like, there's no way this is on there, and you're like, no, man, they actually highlighted the fuck out of it. Right. Um. So, yeah, so uh, uh, Hart Foundation ends up coming out, and we get Bret Hart versus Farouk. DX shows up at ringside again. Uh, they take the headsets from Vince and company. Shawn Michaels calls Bret a racist. <laughs> uh, Bret tries to get to Shawn Michaels. The nation stops him. It turns into a scrum. Uh, DX ends up leaving. Bret runs him down. They go to commercial comeback. Match is still going on. Bret's going to set up the figure four post spot. Excuse me. <clears throat> and the nation is like trying to stop them, but not really. And the hearts are kind of fending them off, not really. And then they all just brawl. Somehow it's not a disqualification. 
And then I think one of the fucking best moments of the night, Austin comes through the crowd, comes into the ring, stuns Farouk, and the pop was fucking massive. I think we've got to, this, this was just, I mean, you're really talking about, like, we're not even at the height of Austin yet, but still, little things like this get the crowd to fucking blow up. Best part is Brett comes in and he sees what happened. He's like, what the fuck? He's like, well, okay, I guess I'll take the pin. I, um, I'm not going to lie. Every time the crowd pops hard for Austin, it's like each week is louder than the next. Mm -hmm. It's, it doesn't get old, man. One of my favorite pops, I've mentioned it before, but the night that Mick Foley wins the title, it's because when Austin came in there, that pop was fucking massive. And because people are like, oh my God, it's happening. Foley's winning the title because Austin's here. If Austin's here, there's no goddamn way this thing's going awry. Right. He. Glass breaking makes they goddamn from 97 to 99, 2000, unglued everybody. I still Watching pop it when I hear it. Each week. That, that's what I'm saying, man. That's kind of where I'm at right now is like when it happens each week, I go, oh, yeah. Like, it's just like a stupid, oh, yeah. But it's like a goddamn this motherfucker was over. And the plainest looking wrestler of all time. Didn't look like Hogan. Wasn't flashy like Michaels. Didn't right. need a robe like Flair. Dude came out in some goddamn black tights and some knee braces and was like, let's fight. And a bald head. It's just, yep. it's, I, I love it. And I'm so glad. You know, I, I want to say something to you. I'm going to give you half a second here and give you a little bit of kudos. You said you wanted to do this on your own. You said you were going to bring mm-hmm. something to the table each week and start I had doing already this. started. Right, and I'm glad that I, I joined on at the right time. We're doing the 25 years because, man, you're bringing back some good times, but also making me go, oh, shit, that wasn't as good as I remember it being. You know, kind of <laughs> yeah, like the right. – or we are uh, proving WWE wrong with their, oh, my God, all of a sudden, next thing you know, there's Austin 316 signs right after King of the Ring or Rocky Die chants were happening since the day he walked into Madison Square Garden. Eh. We figured yeah. that all out, and so that's why I'm saying it. Kudos to you, good job, man. Thank you. You make this podcast. Well, I'll take half the credit. That may be the chicken nuggets. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> it must be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we get Vincent commentary starting to go along on something, and all of a sudden, no intro, no music. Jeff Jarrett just starts walking to the ring. Gets in the ring, gets on the mic, looks over at Vince and goes, sorry, Vince, I know you wanted the big intro. He says, last week on Nitro, Jeff Jarrett was declared everything but dead. <clears throat> he refused Bischoff's offer, and he did everything in his power to bury me. The coward he is, he hid behind his computer and announced he pulled the offer he made. Only thing you ever pulled from Jeff Jarrett was opportunity. I wasn't one of the boys... You booked me with an ex-football player who can't even lock up and a woman who gives a new meaning to dumb blonde. Boom! (laughs) But don't worry, in about two years, he's going to be paired up with her. Yep, indeed. Uh, Now, I do want to say one thing, though. Repeat that. Before the... I I, I actually just lost. I had a good moment there. Uh, Before the football player, what was that? You... uh, I wasn't one of your boys. One of your boys. And while I get that, the dude was on TV weekly in the Mm -hmm. U.S. title picture 
pushed pretty heavily. What did you think you deserved? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you were there, but like, I, I, I'm wondering how much Bischoff lowballed him at that time. Yeah, it's true. Who knows? He wasn't with the NWO, so that's probably why. I think Yet. that's what he was referencing. Don't worry. He'll be there soon, <laughs> slap nuts. <laughs> oh, see, this is why it's so much fun. Uh, <laughs> he tells Vince, he goes, because Vince at this point's chuckling. That's the best part. Vince is just laughing all this off. He goes, Vince, don't laugh. I left WWF for the same reason. Um, a fan throws one of those screen masks at commentary. This is while Jeff Jarrett's running him down, and Vince pretends to put it on. Like, he's joking. And people kind of half laugh. It's funny because he, like, he does it, and people are like, ha, ha, And I'm like, that's really weird and out of character for Vince. And I'm like, is he? I think that because he has never himself ever said on TV, you're right, I am the owner of the WWF. Right. Everyone has pointed at it, but no one has ever said or I'm sorry, no one. Uh, he's never confirmed it. I think him doing that was his way of shrugging off. He's like, "Well, I guess I could do this right here." I I don't know. It was a weird moment yeah. though. It, it, it yeah. I I even Ronda like that's. I didn't realize he did that. Kind of out of character from Vince. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it was just him his way of coping with uh, hearing the truth. But don't worry, Jeff Jarrett goes a little farther and decides to. Fuck his career up. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, he goes, your vision sucked. And Vince smiles and goes, yeah, it might have. Jeff Jarrett then proceeds to say, you booked me with a clown, a drug addict, and a black man who can barely speak the language. Jesus Christ. Yep. Okay. Uh, doink. Uh, the black guy has got to be Ahmed. I would think it would be Ahmed. Well, he was there in 94 and 95. The only other person I could think of is Mabel. Yeah, could be. Who's the drug addict? Shawn Michaels? Yes. Okay. Gotta be. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'd like to blow past that. Uh, I kind of don't. Like, hang on. What the fuck were you thinking? Who told him to say that line? That was a fucked up line. And a black man who can't speak the language. Jesus Christ, dude. Are you trying? Like, I literally, the first thing I did was look in the crowd for any black person there. And I was like, I want to see their facial uh, their facial reaction. Yeah. Maybe not, they were in the right crowd. Not right, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they were just in the right area where there was, like, maybe a couple. Because it, unfortunately, was a very predominantly white crowd. Um... Very weird, man. I I was not... That fucking hit me uneasy. I was like, God damn. Like, I understand hitting a shoot promo, but there's also being a, a racist. But then again, he's also from fucking Tennessee. I don't know. Yeah, Let's no. It, it, yeah, it was... This is a great promo, and it's not even done yet. Uh, but that part really broke it up. It was not cool. Uh, I don't know if he was just trying to get heat or not, but yeah. But then... Is this where he goes to Austin? Because it gets even worse for me. Not not yet, no. So uh, my favorite line was, he goes, since you didn't put my dad out of business like you did everyone else, you tried to kill his son off. I thought no, that was a pretty good pretty line. True. 
uh, told me to come out here and shoot tonight. That's what I'm doing right between your eyes. You can take my baby tonight and shove it up your butt. <laughs> All right, man. Old time sake. Spending my days working hard on the go. I was waiting for it. Uh, he calls out Brett. Says when he, he was, said that, I was like, well, yeah, man. We already exposed <laughs> that it was Road Dog. You might as well tell him to shove it up his ass. <laughs> Turn the lights off, close the door. <laughs> calls out Brett. You were the best that ever was. Calls out Sean. You can only wrestle once a week, and you're proud of that. Uh, only all, The only thing you can do besides wrestle once a week is give hand signals to your boys in Atlanta. That was <laughs> so good. God <laughs> damn, I love that line. He calls out Austin. He says, you're out 15 times a night just to say ass and get a reaction. You'll always be the ringmaster. And he says, your blasphemous merchandise offends me, ripping off the Bible to make money. <laughs> and that's where he fucked up. Yeah. He is the top merch seller. That is your... Well, all right. Hang on. This is where... All right. Uh, on the Broken Skull sessions, Austin and Jarrett, they admitted they had no ill blood towards each other, but... Him saying it, there's been rumors throughout the years that that's why he never got a good push in WWE. He's about to be in the, the European title picture, an intercontinental title picture for a little bit with Deborah, D'Lo, X-Pac, and then he goes right back to WCW. He did himself no favors with this promo. Austin said he has no issues, but at the same point, shitting on Austin 316... Not just Austin, the moniker Austin three sixteen wasn't the best idea in your shoot promo, unless you were ready to go right after the head honcho and take something from him. But he wasn't in that position, right? We're still right. building Steve Austin. Bad move. It was just a bad move, I think. Um, not as bad as saying, you know the fucking racist remarks that happened about 90 seconds before it, but whatever. It was was a weird promo. It was weird. I still think it was good. Uh, The crowd didn't seem to like it. I liked it. Nothing? Okay. (laughs) Uh, Next we get Brian Christopher with Jerry Lawler versus Mero. Uh, They're still pushing this whole, oh, you're his dad. No shit, it's his dad. You guys said that like four months ago. Shut up. Uh, they're coming down the aisle and Brian steals a sign from a fan and I don't know if the fan threw something at his face or snuck him or what, but something happened there. I'm surprised Lawler didn't beat the shit out of him. Uh, Lawler gets right on commentary and he's talking about Sable. He goes, look at those glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's funny until he starts saying puppies. Then he just goes over the top. It's not funny anymore. Uh, Lawler gets weird and he gets up from commentary with a microphone and he's interviewing Sable about Austin's hat that's on sale and puts it on Sable's head. He goes, now they'll sell a million of them. Sable obviously was not having any of that. Uh, Mero gets pissed off, snatches the hat off her head, throws it into the crowd. Lawler tries to get a distraction for Christopher, but Mero ends up hitting a low blow and gets hits the TKO, TKO for the pin. And Mero drags Sable to the back. You know, I thought we were going to get away with this. Uh, no, we're still not. I know what's to come. Oh, no, it's going to happen for quite some time. I know, I know. Next, 
I get Owen versus Shawn Michaels in a title for title match. Wonder how this one's gonna end. Owen gets on the mic. He says, "Last time he fought Shawn Michaels, he was carried off on a stretcher. Remember that? That is the uh, let's that, see. That might have February, been the first. No, no I'm so- sorry. November '95 when he kicked him in the back of the head, and that was one of the first times that WWE decided to see if they could do a shoot work spot where it looked like Michaels was really hurt. Right. And I'm not gonna lie, they did a great job with it." I yeah. always thought that the feud between Michaels and Owen Hart is very underestimated compared to Brett and Sean. I get it's who wants to be top dog. Storyline-wise, they had a good thing going with Owen and Sean, I always thought. And it's actually going to keep going a little more later this year, too. Yep. 97, yeah. not 2022, obviously. Right. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, DX, <laughs> DX comes out minus Shawn Michaels, and they're kind of commiserating on the ram. Triple H keeps walking to the back and walking back out. Uh, their mic's not working, and they kind of just didn't do anything. They just waited to get it working. And finally, Root says, all you sleazy, slimy Oklahoma idiots, button your lips, open your eyes, and pay attention. Um, Time for the main event. No, it's the middle of the show, but okay give you the uh, headline or the icon, the showstopper. Hit the music. Uh, Sean tells DX to stay at the top of the ramp. Heart Foundation's watching from the back. Austin comes out again, stuns the ref. <laughs> you silly big, bastard. Big, big pop. <laughs> uh, sweet chin music onto Owen. Does the pin with no ref. I don't know why, but uh, Brett runs down to the ring, attacks uh, Shawn Michaels, DX pulls Shawn out, and the rest of the foundation heads to the ring. Big surprise. Uh, Taker does a quick promo on Kane, uh, basically saying Kane uh, Kane's mind has been poisoned by Bearer. Uh, Taker's living in hell right now, and he will never fight his own flesh and blood. He'll never fight Kane. So <coughs> he, Shit. He... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. We know. Fucking allergies this time. <laughs> we, we know. Next, we get Dude Lovers Bulldog. Um, before Bulldog, uh, Dude Love gets in the ring before Bulldog's music can hit. Kane's does. Uh, Dude Love is trying to bring Kane down, but it doesn't work. He actually does hit a clothesline to the floor, but Kane does the same thing as Taker. It lands on his feet. Dude goes under the ring, gets a chair, uh, hits him with a headshot, does nothing. He gets choke slammed twice onto the ramp. All about them doing this. Because, okay, you beat up the Hardys, whatever. You beat up, you beat up Jobbers. Uh, what was last week? Um, Flash Funk. Okay. Now you went through our top Jobber. Okay. Now you're bringing, beating the piss out of Mankind, who can take a real fucking beating, and you did it in a couple of minutes. Man, they really made this dude look strong from the beginning. I love it. Absolutely. Yep, that's another one they did right, and it was organic. They didn't have to put much effort into it. Just do it right. If they only could have helped him during his political career. Ah, uh, yeah, we don't need to get into that twat. Anyway. Too soon? <laughs> no, not really. Um, <laughs> next, we get the Headbangers verse 
a new tag team. They don't really have a name yet, but it's Road Dog and the Badass Billy Gunn. Road Dog. Oh, you didn't know? That's the New Age Outlaws at some point. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. You could have stopped it. You didn't know. That would have been perfect. But you had to fucking ruin it so it gets a three. Road Dog does the intro indeed, where he says, well, you didn't know. You better call somebody. Gun uses the boombox on Thrasher for the pin. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we get Titties, I mean Sonny, coming to the ring to be the guest ring announcer uh, for the Tajiri versus Taka Michinoku match. Uh, Taka Scrambled just eggs down. With... What? Nothing. <laughs> Why don't you sit in the corner and think about what you just said? Okay. <laughs> I'll be back in a couple. Okay. Cornette does his weekly segment. Uh, he's following up on the Phil Mushnick drama he's reading excerpts from the uh from the fans that flooded mushnick's mailbox one from an attorney maybe it was stephen p new i don't know uh and at the end of it vince gives the address for mushnick so fans can write in nice touch vince i like it main event this is me from the corner (laughs) i was waiting for it was there a delay because you're the corners far away from the microphone? It's so far away. <laughs> Fuck Phil Mushnick. Main event, it's the Godwins versus the Disciples of Apocalypse. I happened to look down at the timestamp of when this match started. At this point, there's about two to three minutes left in the show. What do you think <laughs> happens? <laughs> All right, I'm back from the corner. That was too good. That was a good one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I didn't look at the timestamp, but it's really funny that you actually did. So that's really fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I typically do that just because I'm like, what the fuck? Dude, this was a fucking shit show. It was the Godwins in a tag team match against DOA, but it just turns into a brawl, so it's four on two. Then the Truth Commission comes out, so it's six on four. And then it just cuts to mankind in the boiler room. And he says, you don't know the meaning of the word madness. If Taker has qualms about fighting his brother, mankind doesn't. And he just starts masturbating vigorously. It was really (laughs) weird. That definitely wasn't on the Peacock version. (laughs) Peacock? Have a nice day. Okay. Hey, man, you fuck around, you find out. All right, let's go on. To I don't want to find out, so my fuck around level is going to be at zero. <laughs> All right. You let's okay go to Nitro. There? Oh, yeah, I'm fucking, fucking doing Heisenberg great. over there Nitro. fucking <laughs> dying. Hey, now. Hey, now. Nitro, go home show for Halloween Havoc. Uh, members of the NWO have beaten, been beaten down with baseball bats laying all over the place. DDP spray painted on the ground. There's an icon T-shirt on the ground. There's a fucking chalk outline of somebody on the ground. Uh, and Bischoff, Hogan, and Macho head to the ring. Uh, Bischoff calls Piper scum. Says Sting, you left your fingerprints all over that. Uh, DDP wrote his initials in his own blood. And at this point, they show that the cage is above the ring. Okay, matches until Halloween Havoc, but okay. Uh, Hogan calls Piper. Okay, the so uh, you didn't find uh, you found that weird too. Okay. Yeah, I mean WWE does it, but still, it's like, why is the cage up? The only reason even more so up, WWE may lower it 
and be like, ha ha ha, this is what it's going to be like. Right. You tune into the pay-per-view, this thing never lowered. Well, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Hogan says he's going to beat Sting to death with his own bat. The crowd chants Piper, and that's it. We go to our first match, which was a fucking banger. Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero for the Cruiserweight title. Benoit gets a good pop. He hasn't been on TV in a while. He's got new music now. He's not with the Horsemen anymore. Um, the ending he's was screwy Benoit. He's not a horseman. He's a man. He's <laughs> he's a Wolverine. Uh, Benoit does a, uh, uh, hits his head on the buckle. Uh, the ref calls Eddie off so he can check on Benoit, but the great thing is Eddie just hits a frog splash while the ref is checking on him. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. A short match for them. They didn't get a lot of time, but still was good to watch. Next we get Bill Goldberg versus Wrath. Wrath enters the ring. He still has his helmet and his cape on. I, I feel horrible that I have to say that out loud, but it is what it is. Uh, he's on the buckle taunting the crowd, still in his entrance gear. As soon as he gets off, he gets speared very, very, very sloppily. Uh, it was more like when uh, Ralphie tackled Scott Farkas in a Christmas story. <laughs> you know good and rotten. <laughs> <laughs> so he does what that. He he <laughs> Jackhammer pin over. Uh, tells Mortis he's next, and he's walking up the ramp, asking who's next. Mongo's music hits. Uh, they go face-to-face on the ramp pass. And next we get Mongo versus Mortis. Is this going to be another squash? Uh, Mongo clocks Vandenberg eventually, hits a tombstone for the pin. Mongo's with Gene talking about his mystery opponent at Halloween Havoc because it sure as shit ain't going to be Jeff Jarrett. Uh, if Mongo wins, apparently Deborah is out of here. Deborah comes out. I'll give y'all one clue. It ain't gonna be Jeff Jarrett. Thank you. It might as well have been Mean Gene talking to imaginary people. It's <laughs> pretty much what he did. <laughs> we get a Raven video promo this time on a playground. Um, my favorite part of this was at the end of the promo... You just see some random person walking down the street looking over like, what the fuck is going on over there? (laughs) I'm not going to comment on whatever (laughs) accent or you were trying to do there. Let's move on. Okay. Next, we get Mike Tenay's Lucha Libre Ken Burns documentary. At this point, it's mentioned that Ray will lose his match, lose his mask if he loses his match against Eddie Guerrero at Halloween Havoc. Next, we get Juventud Guerrero versus Yuji Nagata. Uh, Nagata wins. We get three luchas come to the ring. I think it was Volano 4, Volano 5, and some other dude. I don't remember who. Uh, And then the giant comes down. Not scheduled to fight, but he just comes down, takes the mic. Has a few things to point out. Actually, I wrote down what he said. He says, I have a few things to being to point. Didn't make any sense, but. Nash, you're nursing your knee. (coughs) My my name is John Tenta. He says, Nash, you're nursing a knee injury. High school kids have that same surgery and are back in two days. You're hiding. That, that, That third unnamed lucha tries to interrupt, and it turns into a bloodbath. He tells Nash, this is how you're a giant, and he hits a power slam. There you go. 
Disco Douchebag versus Rey Mysterio for the TV title. There's a sign. It says, Disco, you're 30. Move out. Best sign ever. (laughs) Excellent sign. Best sign ever. Eddie interferes. It's a DQ. Jacqueline comes in and pulls Disco off the buckle, jumps on his back, lays in some punches, and then Disco cuckold powders. Jacqueline runs him down and donkey punches him. I hate seeing Disco on TV, but when he gets to me look like a fool like this, I'll take it. Hour two. NWO, again, just Bischoff, Hogan, and Macho are back to the ring. Nobody leaves until the three guys that jumped us come down. Bischoff, somehow this is related, says that Vince is afraid of Hogan's movie. Okay. Which they one, Suburban a, Commando or Mr. Uh, no, uh, the, the attack on Skull Island or whatever the fuck it is that's supposed to be coming out. I found Mr. Nanny be way more scarier. They're all pretty fucking scary. <laughs> they pace the, the ring a few minutes waiting for him to come down. Nothing happens. They bounce. Uh, next, Dean Malenko versus Kurt Hennig. Hey, man, some matches you just watch. Cool to see these two lock up. I think it's the only time. I mean, maybe aside from house shows. Yeah, it was great to see both of them. Um, man, it's it's one of those things where you're like, why couldn't you center a title around these two guys? Instead right. of worrying about Mongo, Deborah, all this other bullshit, Malenko, solid. Perfect, solid. I'm sorry, where are we going wrong? Yeah, right. Well, I think the problem was Henning was in the NWO, so that kind of killed any momentum for anything outside of that. Who the fuck wasn't in NWO? Well, exactly. Dean Malenko. So, (laughs) solid, (laughs) solid analysis, ODM. Good job. Uh, You know who was in NWO at one point? Ray Trailer. We get Ray Trailer versus Scott Norton again. He was a man. I love. See, see what I did there. Uh, I love seeing Ray Trailer hit an Enziguri. Underrated. Love seeing it. Uh, he Vincent... did it in 89 against Hogan. Mm-hmm. And it oh, was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, like, what's his, like, it's great because so many people like that move because Owen, man, we just talked about it for the, uh, with him and Sean, but Ray Trailer, the boss man, man, he used to really hit that thing like nobody's boss like he was fucking like no pun intended like he got up there god damn i miss mate ray trailer i know right yeah he was awesome uh what was his other what was his mass character he was in one of the fucking war games oh what the fuck was his name no he wasn't yes, the that shock was him it, 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 no not the shock master you dumb bastard <laughs> Oh, you dumb bastard! Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back with it. I'm gonna come back with it. I'll get there. I'll you get won't, there. but go ahead, move on. Vincent blatantly interferes, sprays paint in trailer's eye. Norton gets the pin. Somehow the ref didn't see that he was standing right fucking there, but he didn't see it. He was spray painting him for like five seconds straight. Uh, trailer attacks him post match, mm-hmm. and NWO makes a save. Next, we just get a rando uh, match that I'm pretty sure we've seen multiple times before: Booker T versus Lex Luger. Luger wins. Uh, Gene in ring with Luger post-match. Uh, one of the things I really liked was Luger put over Booker T, gave him some props. I thought that was pretty fucking cool. Um, you know, whether it was booked for him to do that or he did that on his own or a combination because he really meant it, uh, I thought it was cool. 
They're talking about Zabisco being the ref. Zabisco comes to the ring and he wants to make it clear. He's calling it down the middle. And boy, does he make it clear because he fucking says it three times. And Luger seems confused as shit. And he goes, I don't know what's up with that. I don't know you. I don't know you. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things ever. I can't fucking. <laughs> I love that we'll never let that shit down. I don't know you. You're lying. No, dude. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you. Shamrock. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to use it randomly on some somebody one day. They're going to come up and, hey, how's it going? I don't know you. <laughs> Yo, we used to hang out together. You're lying. Uh, it was War Machine. He was War Machine. Told you I was going to get Didn't it. they... D- Wait, War Machine was Rhino and so it wasn't like someone else, or he was the War Machine Rhino. I don't know. Ray Trailer was War Machine. He wore it was a black. It was a black mask. I'm a man. Oh Jesus fucking Christ! My name is Ray Trailer. (laughs) Next, we get Scott Hall versus Scott Steiner. Uh, Scott Hall cuts a real quick promo on Luger, the Steiners, DDP, you know, the non-NWO guys. Uh, Hall clocks the ref and DiBiase's checking on him. And another another instance, Scott Hall pins, or I'm sorry, Scott Steiner pins Hall, even though he knows the ref is out cold on the floor. Uh, Hall hits the outsider's edge. A masked ref comes down and counts three. It's pretty fucking obvious it's Virgil in case you couldn't figure it out. Um, Hall says, I guess there's more than one special ref. So, mystery. Yeah, he, he charged like 150 for that session. All right. Uh, Either our, our, way, here's some girl begging us for some meat sauce. Some meat sauce. <laughs> <laughs> well, I main... love the Monday Night Wars. <laughs> <laughs> the main event is Hollywood, Bischoff, and Macho. Back to the ring again. It's a hat trick. Um, Sting shows up. Look like Stango. It's the night of the living Stangs again, but it's not. Two of them that are in the ring is DDP and Piper. Is it real Sting on the ramp? He gets he gets clocked by two guys from the NWO who come in to make the save, and the cage starts to lower. And as the cage is just about to lower all the way, the real Sting repels into the cage. It was a cool ending, but there was so much bullshit to get there that it kind of just ruined it. And you didn't even give us enough time to enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. It was very uh, anticlimactic. But Mm -hmm. they're trying to lead towards Halloween Havoc. I get it. You want to get some pay-per-view buys. But also, that's not WCW's uh, style. They like to give everything away on TV. (laughs) Including stuff from the other promotion. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Touche. All right, man. Well, that's the end of the Nitro and Raw Wars. Let's head to a movie.
ODM, let me ask you, you ever watch this movie? Nope. You're a dick. All right. <laughs> well, as long as you watched Body Slam, you did. So that's what matters. No. Um, this movie this week is called Fighting With My Family. The story is of Paige. Um, it, to be honest with you, yeah, Paige, Soraya. There's a lot of jokes, a lot of uh, whatever, innuendos when it comes to her. Did you know that she was a part of a very big wrestling family that owned a wrestling promotion in the UK? Even more so, her brother and her were both at the same time trying to be seen by the WWE. They do a great job with this movie, Fighting With My Family. Um, You have appearances from The Rock, Sheamus, and a lot of other wrestlers. But They didn't let Kofi in, did they? Say that again? They didn't let Kofi in the movie, did they? Uh, No, he's from Ghana West. Never mind, I don't know. Anyway. So... You're a dickhead. Look at Giggle to yourself. Good job. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Florence Pugh plays a great job as Paige. Oh, um, that's her? You do. That is her. No shit. And e- yep. And Vince Vaughn plays basically Bill DeMott. Oh, there God. is a trainer. <laughs> no one says Bill DeMott. The name's not there. But I know who was in charge of shit back in the day, and it was fucking Bill DeMott. That's pretty humorous. It Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh, good for you! God damn! Yo! Oh my god! He just dropped talking. his phone! <laughs> my speaker's off. Oh my god. That was a good one. Wow. 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 Good for you. Wasn't ready for that. Good job. Anyway. I'm impressed with you. Sometimes, ODM, you come in with a joke or two. Look at you. All right, funny man. That being said, the best part is Zelina Vega plays the part of AJ Lee. Yeah. On the Raw the night after WrestleMania 31, (laughs) and Paige shows up. And defeats AJ Lee. Now, you know, at this time, you had everyone wanted CM Punk to come back. AJ Lee was still trying to push her career. And she still lifted the career of Paige. Look at all jokes aside about Paige. I genuinely mean that. I feel shitty that she had such a, a like a a bad ending to the early part of her of her career in WWE. I liked her. I liked her style. I liked her character, and I really do believe that's why they made this movie about her. And a good producer of the movie was Dwayne Johnson. He was one of the biggest forces behind the fighting with my family movie. And to me, if you haven't watched it, just do yourself a favor. Find it, 
watch it. Um, The Rock really gives his nod to Paige a couple of times in this movie. Great movie. If you haven't watched it, it's well worth it. Um, There's obvious call-outs of, yeah, she had to be talking about this person or that person in NXT, but they may not have said the actual name. But besides that, movie-wise, I don't know. I I, I think showing a, a women's wrestler trying to get into the business, they did a very big justification. Check out Fighting My Family. If you haven't caught over the last couple of weeks or like the month or so, our movies, they tend to be wrestling-related. All right. Hey, here we go. Next week, we're back. We got AEW. We got WWE. Maybe we have Impact. We also have a top topic, which will be the best and worst of the NXT call-ups. We got Monday Night Wars. Bring it to the table. You know who we have? ODM. That man, he's here each and every motherfucking week and ready to go with five words at the end of each and every episode. Ladies and gentlemen, ODM! Jeff Jarrett's shoot is underrated. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing, the analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. Eh, the jump was about a nine, but the landing was about a six. (laughs) I can look at you. (laughs) Uh, As soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, you dick. I was going to say, you know, you took the straight, you you, you took the phrase finish strong through it in the pot with the spaghetti and right against the wall. I love that that thing just keeps coming back, by the way. That's such a good... My fuck-ups can sometimes hey, be... That's, some hey, that's how some moments. of the Beatles songs got their names. Ringo fucking up phrases. Oh. Wait, for what? You didn't know that? No, what What, what did he fuck night? up? That doesn't make any sense. Ringo just said it. Didn't make any sense. They're like, that's eh, pretty fucking funny. Uh, there's another one, too. Fuck, what was it? I don't remember. 
But there's a couple songs where like the words like it's like a phrase. It doesn't make sense. Like hard day's night. Right. Kind of like nine in the afternoon. I am 38 years old and now just realizing a hard day's night doesn't yeah. fucking make sense. Yeah. It's something Ringo just said. I need a break. That shit just <laughs> threw me off. Wow. <laughs> I thought you were just working like a dog all day and night. Motherfucker. <laughs> Yo, I can't believe you brought that shit up, though. That shit's a good story, dude. I didn't expect that. And I bring that up every now and then. I've brought that up to people. That's a good fucking story, man. I'm like, and I just thought I could wrap it around and that looping, oh, I just said message failed. That that looping post, oh, yeah, I rode that fucking thing into the fiberglass top right now. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Oh, my bad. You know what? I fucked around and found out. <laughs> you sure did. That was a level. I'm going to give that an eight. <laughs>